0: hi welcome back to harmonize your life conversations on self-care i want uh want to welcome you to our show this week i believe we have a very very special uh opportunity here this is the month of october and we are finishing up the month of discussions we have been in discussions around breast cancer awareness but also this month is also dedicated to domestic violence awareness or intimate partner uh, Violence Awareness and um, Prevention Month. And I have a guest in our podcast studio today that I believe will enlighten us and um, instruct us and also give us some strategies on how to deal with this um, sickness that um, ails our society. You know, one in four women and one in 10 men experience intimate partner violence and violence, this type type of violence can take various forms. It can be physical, it can be emotional, sexual or psychological. People of all races, all cultures, genders, sexual orientations, socioeconomic classes and religions experience intimate partner violence. And I believe our show today uh, will speak to that and will help us um, navigate through these um, turbulent waters and to celebrate those who have survived intimate partner violence and help us to maybe um, eradicate that particular um, occurrence in our community. So in just a moment, I'll be right back with my guests. Welcome back. All right. I have in the podcast studio with me, Tamiko Laurie Pugh, uh, often referred to as the Empowering Diva. She is a voice for women's empowerment. She is the CEO of Living the Empowered Life LLC, a personal and professional development lifestyle enhancement firm for women. She is the host of the Empowered Life podcast and the founder of the Still Standing Alliance, a nonprofit organization that focuses on domestic violence, advocacy, awareness, and prevention. As a survivor of domestic violence herself, Tamiko is very transparent about her journey to healing. And this has allowed her to construct a powerful movement dedicated to the empowerment and personal development of women across the world she is a compassionate mentor and friend an enthusiastic leader and visionary. She is an international best-selling author podcaster speaker life coach and she um, um, comes she believes that empowerment comes from within and it can be achieved by honoring yourself your values, and expressing your talents and gifts. Tomiko resides in Atlanta, Georgia, with her husband, the Reverend Kenny Pugh, and two young adult children, Destiny and Michael. Welcome to the podcast uh, today, Tomiko.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to really dive into this much-needed and educational conversation with you, so thank you for having me.
0: Thank you again for agreeing to be with us. As you know, we have been discussing um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but um, I don't know how many people realize that this is not only Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but this is also a month dedicated to domestic violence awareness and prevention. And um, when I thought about um, our shows for this month, our episodes for the month of October and um, what we would be discussing and Um, how we can educate and inspire uh, women and men listening to this podcast, I could not think of any better person to invite for this subject than you, Tamiko. So again, I thank you for accepting our invitation and for coming on and sharing with us about this um, domestic violence or intimate partner violence and, um, just giving us some some tips, things that we could watch, look out for, watch for, and some ways that we can prevent this occurrence in our community. So I would that you um, would like for you to start by just kind of sharing a little bit of your story with us.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, people often ask me how did I get into this line of work, and the first thing I tell them is, growing up, when people say, "What you want to be when you grow up." Mm -hmm. I didn't think a domestic violence advocate or an educator or not even a domestic violence survivor, right? When we're little, we have these dreams to be an attorney um, or a doctor or whatever the case may be. And life has its way of kind of taking us up another journey, but also leading to our life purpose. And so for me, I have a personal story. Um, about it, actually has been a little over 10 years, probably, I think 12 years. This year makes 12 years of domestic violence survivorship for me. Okay. But I was in a relationship that was emotionally, verbally, even sexually, um, and spiritually abusive, very toxic. Um, I was already broken before oh. he ever laid a hand on me. Wow. Um, and so I want to say this first. It didn't start out that way. He was very charming. Thought I met the man of my dreams. He had a great smile, tall. I guess you could say the tall, dark, and handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, very charming personality. We hit it off immediately. But that, that, you know, I thought I met the man of my dreams, and it turned out to be my worst nightmare, if I can say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just the emotional abuse breaking me down little by little controlling what I wore, controlling who I hung out with, controlling where I went, controlling the finances. And so again, before he ever even got physically abusive, I was already broken. I was a broken soul. And I often say, it's, you know, you can heal a broken arm, those things heal over time, but how do you, how do you heal a broken soul? Like how wow. do you heal a broken spirit? And so I was spiritually broken. And by the time he ever laid a ha- hand on me at that point, I thought I deserved it. Um, my self-esteem was at an all-time low. And I just wanted it to get back to the way it used to be, to what we call that honeymoon stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day that I tried to leave him was the day that he tried to take my life. Uh, we were on the car in the car driving up Interstate 85 and I remember telling him, I'm leaving you today. And he said, B, if you leave me, I will kill both of us. I was driving, he proceeded to take the steering wheel to force us in an accident. We ended up on the side of the road where he literally beat me and strangled me until I was unconscious. And the next thing I remember was waking up in the middle of the interstate with cars swerving around me, blowing their horns, trying to prevent from hitting me. That was the day that my journey of survivorship began. That was the day that I knew me. Mm. That was the day um, that my journey to survivorship began. Um, and it was shortly after that that I knew that it was part of my purpose. We often ask ourselves, why did I have to go through this? Um, but I quickly realized that there were so many other women suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be that voice. I wanted to, to reach back out and help those people who are going through what I was able to survive.
0: Wow. So, Tamiko, you you said a lot of things here that I want to kind of circle back to, if you don't mind, to kind of help us with some understanding. You said that um, you know it didn't start out that way, and most times it doesn't um, start that way because I mean, who goes into a relationship that's already showing signs of abuse? You know, I don't think any of us in our right mind would go into a relationship. You know, maybe some do, but I think for the most time, most part, we go in with our eyes, you know, wide open and in love and holding hands. And then all of a sudden we start to see things. But can you tell me, were there anything, was there anything that you saw prior to, was it any sign, were there any signs that this relationship was unhealthy? I think there are always signs. Controlling, and I'm wondering, were there any signs to him being controlling prior to him laying a hand on you?
1: I would say yes. I think there are always signs, but we tend to overlook certain things and blame them on maybe a life experience, maybe they're going through something on that day, they're not in a good mood, they had a bad day at work. Um, but there were signs um, as early as I mean, something as simple as him telling me that group of females that you hang out with, I don't like them. Right, they're not they're not good for you. Um, they don't have a good influence on you. Um, but that was the that was the start of being isolated.
0: Oh, okay, um, so okay. he was he was starting to so he was trying to control your relationships.
1: Control my relationships with friends, with family members, okay. and I looked at it as like you know what he maybe he's right. He just cares about me.
0: Mm. He's
1: looking out for my best interest. Yeah. Um, even things like let me take you shopping. And I'm like, OK, well, he wants us to go shopping. He wants to pick out my clothing. But it then it got to a point where those outfits didn't match my personality. It was what he wanted in his way to control me. So the long, dark pants suits. And then it went to how I should wear my hair. And so those little, small, uh, subtle things that we mistake for love or they care about me or they're looking out for my best. Mm. He knows better, you know? So those were some of the things. And then some of the outbursts that would happen um, with him getting upset about little meticulous things like who put who moved my ink pen out? Who put my ink pen was right here. Who put it here? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe my arm bumped into it on the dresser and it moved. I have no idea. So him getting upset at things like that. Okay, but he's still making excuses like, well, You know he likes his stuff where he wants it. That's what he wanted his wallet at. Whatever.
0: We make excuses, but there are red flags. Yeah, red flags. And you know, a lot of times as women, we see the red flags, but we tend to overlook them, or we look the other way. We don't really want to see what we're seeing, and we sometimes talk ourselves out of what we're seeing. And so I heard you say he was controlling, trying to control your relationships trying to isolating you from Mm -hmm. other family and friends and also trying to control just even what you wear in your style or whatever, not really it's what I'm hearing. It's not allowing you to just be who you are, but what he wanted you or who he wanted you to be.
1: It was who he wanted me to be. I was no longer that person that he met a couple of years prior to that. I was not the bugly outgoing person anymore. You know what I mean? Um, one more thing I want to add to that is I remember when we met where actually we were getting closer to the wedding. And I remember him saying, um, you know what, I don't I don't want you to work. I think I'm supposed to take care of you. So now I think I hit the jackpot. Right.
0: Oh, wow. I hit the
1: jackpot. he takes <laughs> care of me. I don't have to work. Little did I know I was running into a into a problem of financial abuse because when things got bad, I didn't have any money to go anywhere. So even if I thought about leaving, I'm like, well, I don't make that much money because he said I I, I could work part time. I didn't have to work a full time job.
0: Wow, wow. You know, um, Tamiko, um, you you. The, I was looking at some stats in preparation for our time together, and um, it was um, one of the things because we're in a pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm. We're in the
0: middle of a pandemic, and what's being reported is that in the midst of this pandemic, domestic violence is on the rise. It is. And I'm sure you've heard that and yes. you've probably known about that, getting calls from women and and uh, women looking for um, support. Um, so why do you think domestic violence is on the rise in the midst of this pandemic?
1: Well, a couple of different things happening here. You, you have people We're in an unexpected pandemic that hit. So we have sheltering in place, we're quarantined. Um, So you have domestic violence victims who are quarantined with their abusers, whether it's emotional, physical abuse, verbal abuse, they're quarantined with this person that makes them feel bad, that hurts them, whether it's their emotions, whether physically hurting them. Whereas before quarantine, maybe going to work was their outlet, or maybe the spouse, the abuser has to go to work every day so now they have the opportunity to be home alone. They have an outlet where the abuse is not happening as, happening as much, but now you're stuck, you're quarantined, you're sheltered in place with this person. Um, so people are going through depression. You have anxiety. Even mm-hmm. from the abuser standpoint, they have anxiety. Um, people are drinking more, right? Mm-hmm. They, well, They think they're keeping their sanity, but people are drinking more. Uh, people are frustrated, and so you have abusers taking that frustration out on the victims, and it's even worse than it was before because they don't have anywhere to go. Domestic violence shelters aren't taking in victims because they're sheltered in, in place, and so they have to practice social distancing. They can't let anyone in mm-hmm. um, for a minute. You couldn't even really couldn't really dial nine one one at one point when it first started. Um, yeah, we're in a state of panic. And so no one has anywhere to go. You're sheltered in place with this person. They're taking their frustrations out on the victim.
0: Do you have any advice? What can someone, if a, if a woman is listening to us today and wanting, and she's in that place or even a man or a child, what advice can you give in, for someone just dis- sheltered in place yeah. or where to go
1: it's very difficult. The one thing I can say is practicing a couple of different things. So one thing, knowing what your abuser's triggers are, right? Okay. Although it, it seems unfair to have to think about that. But if you're sheltered in place and you want to protect yourself, understanding what their triggers are um, and making sure that you don't push those buttons, um, taking care of yourself, um, taking care, some time out for some self-care, if you have a backyard, maybe sitting outside for a while, but finding something that feels good to you, that you can do at home to occupy your time. Um, th- those are some of the things, um, you know, at that moment. But I-, I would just say really focusing on your self-care, but at the same time, coming up um, with a strategic plan, like okay. what is your plan to leave. Um okay. And there are many organizations, including mine, the Still Standing Foundation, where we actually help you to put together a survivor safety plan to help you leave safely. Okay. So, you, know, you have the pandemic going on right now, but this is probably a prime time for you to work on your escape plan. What time does he leave the house? Are there some things that I need to gather in an emergency bag that I can put to the side and hide somewhere? Finding different things that you can do. Um, for when it's time for you to actually leave that you can do it safely.
0: Okay, okay. So it's not just important that we leave, but it's important—it's how we leave that matters. It's
1: how you leave because if you just tell that person I'm leaving you today like I did, that is the day that the most homicides happen. That's the day that the abuse okay. gets worse because at this point, now they feel like they've lost control. Oh, you think you're going to leave me today? I'm going to show you. And uh-huh. then that's when the abuse gets worse and that's typically when you see homicides uh, when victims are trying to leave, so okay. even for myself, had I not said anything and waited until we went on a business trip or something, you know, it would, I would have been able to leave safer.
0: Okay, okay, wow, thank thank you. I mean that that's that's really some good advice because sometimes like you hear these things, but you don't really know what to say to people. You don't know what to say. I mean, um, I, as of As of July of the uh of 28, as of July 2018, the um, the, the post Harvey strangulation file filings had already surpassed 2017. So I can only imagine what they're like now in 2020 in the midst of this pandemic. Um, I'm going to transition a little bit to Still Standing Alliance Mm -hmm. or Still Standing Foundation. That's your organization. I've been um, to your um, I've been to your purple. Um, purple Affair, purple affair yeah. where the women walk the purple carpet and you celebrate the survivors. It is a wonderful, you all, the Still Standing Alliance is doing great work. Share with us some of the things that you all do and what you focus on with the women who are coming to the Still Standing Foundation. What are Absolutely. some programs that yeah, you are?
1: So, um, so we focus on domestic violence advocacy, awareness and prevention. And so that's how we give back to the community by community by advocating bringing awareness, having conversations like this with you, um, prevention, the monthly trainings that we do for the community, they're virtual now. But for the women, we have our survivor empowerment program that is for women who, or men, who are survivors of domestic violence mm-hmm. and helping them to transition um, into rebuilding their life after abuse. Okay. And finan- having those financial empowerment classes, self-esteem classes, learning self-care principles, um, how to go on job interviews, like right, career progression. So all those things that you need in order to transition into a survivor so that you don't have to go back to that. Because oftentimes the victim will go bad because of finances. or They don't have education. That's a lo- another thing that um, the abuser would do is stop you from either working or stop you from attending school. So, like you know, you might oh, I going to go back to school. They don't want you to be too smart now. They don't want you to learn too much because they want to keep you stuck, the power and control piece.
0: And that's that empowerment thing because when yeah. I go to school and I learn more, I increase my um, my earning potential, earning potential, right, yes. or anything like that. I'm proving myself. I'm more empowered as a woman, and I feel like I can stand on my own, or I can't raise these children, or I can't. You know, I don't have to depend on a man or another person in this world to make it. And so that empowerment piece and um, you said something in your bio that I that I think really I should highlight right here, because you said empowerment comes from within Mm -hmm. and can be achieved by honoring yourself, your values and expressing your talents and gifts. Say more about that, because that sounds like self-care to me.
1: It is definitely self-care. Honoring yourself is self-care. And so that quote is so important,
0: you especially for- Honoring yourself is self-care. And yeah. listening to this yeah. podcast, write that down. She's dropping some good nuggets here. Honoring yourself is self-care. Go ahead.
1: Listen, it's not selfish. So yes, honoring yourself is self-care. And what happens is you forget how to take care of yourself when you are in these types of relationships. So that's why that quote is so important. Teaching women how to honor themselves understanding your values and so i feel like when you understand your value system you make better decisions in life yes this relationship isn't in alignment if this person i'm dating their values are not in alignment with mine then it's probably not going to work out and that's what we do in life right if the the career that i choose my spouse it's not in alignment with my values then i'm in trouble yeah, so, like, teaching our survivors to understand what their values are, what is valuable to you, not just material things, but mm-hmm. on the SI like what do you value mm-hmm. and yeah. aligning everything you do with that, right? Um understanding what your talents and gifts are and using those gifts.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we focus on making a difference. So we focus on um teaching women how to take their talents and gifts and use them to make a difference in the world. So Um, the service part of it, right? Yeah. We want to teach you how to make money, get out into in the world and things of that nature, but also a service piece. I feel like when you have a spirit to serve, Mm -hmm. um, it gives you, it's like a different feeling when you know that you're serving the community. So um, helping them come up with different ways to serve the community, using your talents and your gifts.
0: Yeah. And that is when we give, Back to the community when we serve, when we when we are uh, helping someone else, it it takes our the the our minds off of our own trouble and yes. what we're dealing with, and it's just so life giving when we life-giving. give. It, you know, the Bible is true. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Listen, you all, Tamiko is doing great work here um, with the Still Standing Alliance. She's doing great work, helping women, empowering women, helping women to um, honor themselves, their values, expressing talents and gifts. And I uh, I want you to be able to follow her. So I'm gonna put her her information on the screen. You can go to her website at TamikoLaury.com. There you can learn about the Still Standing Alliance and Foundation and all the other things that Tamiko is doing. Um, on Twitter, you can follow her at Tamiko Pew. You can also follow her on Instagram at Tamiko Pew. You can find her on Facebook at Tamiko pew. Everything is just her name. <laughs> Google her and you can find her because I want you to be able to follow her. Tamika, what's coming up next? What do you have coming up next that you can share with the women who are on here? Any classes for women who are going through um, domestic violence, who are coming out of domestic violence? Do you have any, what's what's coming up next that, that our audience can take advantage of?
1: So in November, we'll be kicking off our 12 Week Beyond Trauma Um, empowerment series. Beyond Trauma is a 12-week program for survivors of domestic violence and really helping you to overcome the trauma that you've gone through so that you can have a successful future. Uh, We have certified life coaches that will be helping to facilitate those trainings as well as counselors uh, that will be sharing um, some healing techniques. So it's all about healing. And that's one of the things that that we pride ourselves on. I don't know if I want to use the word pride, but that's one of the things that um, we want people to know that's different about our organization is that we implement the healing curriculum. um, Helping you to heal. Because if you don't heal, you don't go through the same thing all over again. Right? Even when you think about generational curses, if we're not healing the next generation, then they're going to do the exact same thing. So... We want to make sure you're being healed. The other thing is we're offering complimentary one-on-one life coaching sessions for survivors of domestic violence. You can go to stillstandingalliance.org slash coach coaching, and you can sign up for a complimentary um, life coaching session. And we have certified life coaches that are available.
0: I'm going to put that on the screen. What is this still standing? So still stand the still
1: standing Alliance dot org uh huh um and it's the backslash
0: forward you know the slash coaching alliance <laughs> uh huh still standing alliance forward slash coach dot org and then it is forward slash dot coach or just coach
1: forward slash um it's coaching
0: coaching okay so i'm putting that up there i'm adding that and putting that there you see that the still standing alliance and let me let let me fix that that. that's okay Uh
1: alliance.org coaching Uh um, outside of that those are the last two things we have going on for the year we typically would have a survivor's retreat but because Uh of COVID we're not going to do that this year Um, but we will have something coming up in the spring hopefully you know the outside opens back up and we can really do our survivor's retreat which is a three-day retreat where we really just, you know, you get to be around other survivors. Um, it's, you we get to have fun with one another, but you're also gonna be in some, some workshops during the day, um, but you also have your free time to have fun too, but just celebrating survivors.
0: Okay, so so when you when you when I hear that I hear the importance of not only uh being healed but also being connected to communities.
1: Yeah, so that's being a important.
0: part of networks and being a part of organizations like the still standing, like my sister's keeper foundation. Sister's keeper. Yeah, yeah, like the, like the um the harmonize your life women's self care network that I've begun. So talk to um, us about the importance of when we're going, because you know, the tendency when we're going through something like this is we're embarrassed, um, mm-hmm. we, we are fearful. We don't, one of the reasons it go on so long is we don't want anyone to know. So a lot of it is hidden in secrecy and shame yes, and guilt. And, and so we, you know, we sometimes we're in the name of privacy we don't open up. We don't share. We don't let anyone know what we're going through. So can you talk to us about the importance of being a part of organizations like the Still Standing Alliance and and my foundation, my sister's keeper foundation and the, the self-care network, uh, the Harmonize Your Life self-care network. Why why would it be important for, for women who are going through this or men who are going through this to be a part of communities like Healing communities.
1: Yeah, it's so important, even just to be around community. It's important to be around people. Um, we often we know that you, isolation is when the enemy has an opportunity to sneak in, and so you have depression and things of that nature happening. So, being around community, it's healthy. It gives you an opportunity to not suffer in silence anymore, but know that there are other people there to support you. They've gone through the same thing and really letting you know that you are not alone in this thing. We have your back. We are here to hold your hand and to be accountable for you. We don't want you to go back, right? Right, We're gonna be accountable. We're gonna make sure you have everything you need. You have a community being paired up with an accountability partner to to help you to get through this thing.
0: Wow, wow. That's so important that we're not alone because a lot of times, and now that we're in, in COVID, um, isolation is a big thing because of the physical distancing that we're required to do that we're admonished and suggested that we do in order to just stay physically healthy. Mm-hmm. But what we're, but we're seeing that even that physical um, social distancing and sheltering in place has had a mental and emotional impact on us. And so we're having to take care of ourselves emotionally and mentally and spiritually at another level, because we're, disconnected from people physically and then when you're in a place like with uh, with an abuser or you're in a place where you're coming out of maybe coming out of a relationship like that. So what are some safe ways that we can still connect in community um, you know like what you're doing with the Still Standing Alliance um, I imagine that this is a virtual class Is 12 weeks
1: It's virtual. It is virtual. Oh. So, yes, being a part of virtual communities, that's the—that's what's popular now. That's what we have to do. Um, you know, getting together with a group, group of girlfriends and maybe having, I've even seen people doing, like, slumber parties. You know, adult women, hey, let's do a, a slumber party, yeah. a virtual slumber party. But finding something that's going to empower you, something that's going to make you feel good. Uh, there's a lot of virtual fitness classes out there, virtual yoga. I do virtual Zumba. Um
0: Yes, virtual booba.
1: So moving around, like there's something about dancing and moving around that makes you feel good. So move your bones, you know, yoga, find some virtual stuff out there on YouTube. Listen to inspirational messages as much as you can. My husband and I, we crack up. I'm like, I don't know. We've been to church. We go to church like, four times on Sunday because church service from the couch. We're in church all day long on Sundays. um, Even on Sundays, just finding, connecting uh, with the faith-based community that you can draw your inspiration from uh, for the week. Looking for uh, complimentary online courses that you can take.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. With us, with the Still Staying Alliance, some of the online virtual classes that we have.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I appreciate that we're in this virtual world. You know, I have the tea time with Dr. Tony. That's a virtual thing that we do through the the network. I'm a part of a. I host a on Monday nights a yoga a virtual yoga class, and I'm gonna have to come to your virtual Zumba class. What night do you? And I'm gonna
1: come to virtual (laughs)
0: yoga. Okay. Okay, what night is Zumba? Zumba is on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Well, see, and yoga is on Monday at 7 p.m. on yes. um, um, It's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I have women from all over the country that come into, that um, I host. I'm not the um, the instructor mm-hmm. of the yogi. Um, um, One of my sorors, um, Jada Wright, is the, she's the one teaching, but I, but it's, but it's my um My uh, class, because I started with her, I asked her, I I was going to yoga at the gym. And of course, when we had to shut down, I was, my trainer started coming to my house because I have equipment. And then I started going to the park and walking, but I recognized that I was missing. Yoga was one of the missing pieces to my self-care routine because it was a part of it before COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I was just talking to her one day because I had been to her yoga classes before and I was like, do you do any virtual yoga? She's like, yes, I host women's groups all the time. So she said, if you put together a group, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And so I host a group on Monday evenings and I have women from Chicago, from um from North Carolina, uh, from uh, Charlotte, Charlotte area. I have women all the way from San Diego and Southern California coming into the class. I got women from uh, Baltimore, Maryland area, Virginia Beach, coming in all from a few, um, several women from the Atlanta area. And we just get together on Monday night for an hour via Zoom and do yoga with Jada Wright. And it's wonderful. So I'm gonna have to come into your um, your that's Zumba sure. class, right. um, because I'm sure that that's that I used to do Zumba. I am have to get my little. I think I still got my little Zumba skirt somewhere okay. around here. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and get with it, get with you on Zumba. Yeah. That's good. So um, I'm glad to um, that you are able to offer these things to women who are um, domestic um, survivors of domestic violence and women who are going through your program. And so I want to invite those that are listening to connect with you. And um, and those they think if you know of a woman who needs this, um, you may not be a victim of domestic violence, but you may know a woman who is. And so I want you, I want us to be able to connect women yeah. to what and you're even, doing.
1: Even if you're not a victim or a survivor of domestic violence and you know someone, tell them you'll do it with them. Right. Be their uh-huh. accountability partner. Say, you know what, let's let's show up to this virtual class together.
0: That's good. You know, that's 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 very helpful. And that that because that's that that's that other um, level of support,
1: the level of support. So often we send people to stuff. hey, I got the. You want you need to you should go to this. You should go to this. But I think when we join someone and take that walk with them, they feel so much more supported.
0: Oh, wow. That just, you know, that reminds me, you know, we're doing breast cancer awareness as well. And I remember when my sister was going through uh, chemo, we went with her to chemotherapy. We went with her to radiation with my mom. We went with, I took my mom. I walked through that with my mom through radiation and same thing with this. And oftentimes we do that when it comes to cancer and other kind of physical things. I remember when Bishop, my husband had to go through a class at Kaiser, um, because he was, um, um for type two diabetes and he had to learn how to eat all, eat the way the right way and um he had to go to a class and i you know what i said well if you're going to the class i'm going with you and i went through the class with him i think we did like four or five classes through our um through our insurance and you know what i found it very helpful for me it didn't just bless him but i learned how to eat differently and so i can imagine that if i go through a class like this with a woman i may find that i may need this as well
1: Yes, because there's always something for us to learn. There's always an opportunity to learn. Um, but Dr. Tony, I do want to share this with you, and I probably shared it before, I don't remember. But when I was going through domestic violence, I was a member of your, of the church back when it was on, we were on Covington Highway. Yeah.
0: And i the only reason she's not a member of my church right now is because she got married and we sent her with her husband. Yeah,
1: okay, That is the only reason, <laughs>
0: uh, that's the only reason. You're still my spiritual daughter. Go ahead. Samika.
1: But um, I just remember, you know, being on a dance ministry and dancing my way through what I was going through because healing is very there. Uh, healing. Dancing has always been very therapeutic for me, but I remember like asking myself over and over again, like, why did I have to go through this? Why did I have to go through this? And I, the very first time I ever shouted in church, Bishop was preaching, and this was one morning where I was just literally crying out to God. I didn't know how I was gonna to get to church that day because I didn't have gas money. Um, I think my neighbor gave me five dollars, got to the church, and I remember sitting like the third pew back on the left-hand side where the musicians were, and mm-hmm. Bishop was preaching from Romans, Romans 62. He is my rock and my salvation, Romans 8 mm-hmm. 28.
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, Romans so, 8 and 28, all things okay. work together.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, uh-huh.
1: I, I'm sorry, I'm mixing my scriptures up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he was preaching from Romans eight and twenty-eight, and he was talking about purpose and how we go through things in life. And all oh. of a sudden he said, That Joker, he always used the word Joker. That Joker ain't put his hands on you just for and you you survive that just so that you can sit up here all like willy-nilly and not do anything to help somebody else. And I was like, how does he know what I went through? He didn't know, right? But God was using him in that moment. And at that moment, I knew that, I knew my purpose. I felt like I knew my purpose that day. And I remember crying and I jumped up. I remember running through that church. My bra snapped. I ain't care. I just kept going. <laughs> but, sorry y'all for saying that part, but it's the truth.
0: Um, but that
1: was, it was that left a profound impact on me. Like that's literally how I got the vision to launch still standing that day. Like that was the day that I knew. And it was August 8th of 2008. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. August 8th 2008. Wow.
1: It was August 8th of 2008. It was a year after, it was exactly a year and a couple of weeks after I left my abuser. Mm -hmm. so I will never forget that date I will never forget that scripture I will never forget that moment how I felt when I was like I know what my life purpose is
0: wow and you know Tamiko I remember when you first told me and we went to lunch Mm -hmm. you shared with me and I wouldn't have never I would never have thought you were dancing on our dance ministry beautiful as beautiful as you are today and um just always had that beautiful smile on your face and I never knew that you were going home to an abuser and that is so important for people to know because we are talking to people we are pastoring people we are passing people by on in the grocery store we're working with people we have people in our family and we don't even know we don't know we're my home to. and so that's that. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think it's important for uh, for us, for our podcast audience, to know that there are people going through this every day. You're right next door to you, or living right up under you in your apartment building, or wherever you are in your church, sitting next to you. I think it's said. I heard a few years ago. I think you might have said it. Mm-hmm. One out of every three women sitting in church has been abused sexually. Physically or whatever, emotionally, and to think that you were serving and and worshiping, and yeah. we never knew. Nobody we never knew.
1: Yeah, I I go to counseling for maintenance. I you know we all have, we all have to do stuff for maintenance, but yeah. yeah. Um, even back then, I was going to counseling because I really needed it. But I still go like quarterly. I'll call my therapist. You know, we have a good conversation. And I'll be telling her stuff that I'm dealing with and I'm just smiling she's like you smile through your pain so nobody would ever know so I'll be sharing a story I'll share something so that's why you didn't know because one of my mechanisms is I smile through everything
0: and how many women smile through their pain I
1: smile through your pain but on the inside you're hurting so wow. God has given me this a discernment like we all can discern certain things but I have a strong discernment for women who are being abused wow. like I can look in your eyes and I can tell and I'll you know, touch you on the hand and say, are you okay? Yeah. No, I just know. I can be walking past you in a grocery store and I'll, I'll be like, she's she not in a good place.
0: Okay. What can we do with, if we, if we discover or that um, we pay attention to someone and we feel that something's not right? Can you give us just some kind of, tip about how we can approach someone um without you know because we live in a you know if it's yeah. anybody you know I don't you don't want to cross boundaries with people or you don't want to be as people say in someone's business or being nosy but what can we do as a community to reach out?
1: I think the best thing to do is just ask the person, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need to talk? Okay think that you've seen something um, I feel that it is okay to say I saw you know how he just spoke to you are you okay you know okay. you need to speak to someone I'm here for you okay, okay. You, when we're ready, I'm here for you because sometimes you'll know and just say when you're ready, I'm here for
0: you okay all right something simple as are you okay?
1: That's it because that's when you break down when a person would say to me are you something I'm seeing right I would just break down and cry okay I remember when my best friend said something is not right are you you know when she said it and I just broke down and cried I was like I wow. felt like I'm stuck like and I that's when I opened up
0: you felt stuck mm-hmm. wow and so many women feel stuck Tamiko I'm gonna do something here that I've not done at all these whole I've been doing this podcast since March of this year I started this podcast I was supposed to start this podcast, or at least I thought it was supposed to start last year in 2019. But I procrastinated and didn't get it done. And I came into 2020 and I was like, Lord, this is the year. Actually, you know, I do my self-care retreat every year in January. And so the women were like, we need something between January to January. And so I was like, "Okay, I'm going to do this podcast because I felt like this will be a way to continue to pour into women um, from year to year throughout the year. Um, between the retreats, because the retreat is in January, the right. self care retreat is in January, and um, so I, so I, um, I said I'm gonna start this podcast, and I released it in March, and little did I know the month, the very month that I released the podcast is the month we had to it yeah. in place, and all we were, bam, we in the middle of a pandemic, right? And I cannot tell you. And I was like, at first I was like, Lord, I just released this podcast. What am I supposed to do? You know? And people started saying, you know, I need, I need, I'm 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 really emotionally distraught or I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling lonely. And so I knew then that this podcast was right on time, right on time. We've had medical doctors on here on this podcast. We've had um, therapists. Mental health professionals on this podcast, fitness professionals, nutritionists, uh, you know, because this is a lifestyle podcast. And our my whole my whole mantra is about self-care, harmony, bringing harmony and self-care into our lives. And so. But I this is the first time I felt led to ask someone, one of my guests to pray.
1: Mm. OK,
0: I feel an anointing right here okay. on this show. On this episode. Not that the other ones weren't anointed, trust me, they've been phenomenal. But in this moment, as you were talking, I just feel like there may be someone listening today that just needs to know that God, God is here, God has heard their prayer. And I just want you to pray for a woman or man or child, whoever it could be an abuser listening that needs to be delivered. But if you would just close us out in a simple prayer for someone who may be listening, I want to encourage you as those of you that are listening to follow us, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google, on Spotify, you can find us. I want to encourage the women that are listening to join the Harmonize Your Life uh, self care network. You can go to um, drtonyalvarado.com to my website, and you can learn all about the the self care network. You can join us there. You can go to my YouTube channel, and you can see all of the uh, podcast episodes. You can go. You can find us. You can listen to the podcast on uh, Apple and. Google and um, Spotify. You can watch the podcast on my YouTube channel. Um, you can follow Tamiko Lowry Pugh at all the places. Go to her website and look her up. Go to tamikolowry.com and you can find her there. And I want Tamiko to close us out um, in prayer for someone who may be struggling with domestic violence. Pray for a survivor. Or pray for a woman who is right in the middle. Pray for a support system, a family member. Those of us that are supporting people walking through domestic violence. Will you do that?
1: Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your provision, Father God. We just thank you for this opportunity to, to minister to your people. We thank you for the Harmonize Your Life podcast that... It will continue to be an anointing, that it will continue to be a blessing to those who listen in. Father, I ask that you would just bless the visionary of this podcast. Again, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to pour into your people. I Thank you for this opportunity to heal those who are hurting, to educate those who need to, to have more understanding. Father, anyone that is listening right now, I just ask that you would... Infuse them with the light of your Holy Spirit. Guide them to a safe place of survivorship. Those who are suffering in silence, Father, I pray that they would suffer no longer, that they would get the strength needed to use their voices to cry out for help, that they will become more connected to you, that you so that you can lead them and you can guide them to a place of safety. Father, anyone that is listening that is an abuser, Father, I just ask that you would Touch their hearts, touch their mind, touch their spirit. Allow them to see themselves. That they may repent. That they may ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to continue to provide resources. Yes, Lord. (sighs) Lord. Yes, Lord.
0: Yes, Lord
1: need you to heal heal our country, heal the nation, heal the world from this disease that is impacting so many people. Release Hmm. the shame, release the embarrassment. Yes, Lord. Give them the strength to know that it is not okay to be in a situation that is hurtful.
0: Thank
1: you. But that true survivorship is peace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Father, we know that you are not the author of confusion. Thank you. you are not the author of confusion and abuse is confusion. You are not the author of confusion, but of peace and a sound mind. And I just pray that those who are listening today, tomorrow, whenever you listen to this, that you embody the peace that you need. To move forward in your life as a survivor. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, Tamiko. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self Care podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. I am so delighted about bringing the Harmonize Your Life podcast to you. Would you do me a favor? If you are enjoying this this podcast, would you email me at hello at drtonialvarado.com? I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if there are any other topics that you are interested in as it relates to wellness, self-care, nutrition, or just overall bringing harmony into your life. Email me contact me at hello at drtonialvarado.com